So as long as it's fair, as long as it's voluntary, inequality is fine. Inequality is great. We want those who succeed to be more rewarded than those who destroy value. But in the sense of our current environment, we have really sinister inequality. If everybody, you know, if, if the water's flowing and everyone is benefiting, right? Everyone's cup is filled. Um, people are happy, right? They have better things to do than to line up outside of someone's house and threaten to chop their head off. You know, I, I don't think we should be setting up guillotines anywhere. And that's, that's why I love Bitcoin. It's the peaceful revolution, right? Um, but why do people want to set up these guillotines? Because they know the system isn't working. Um, it's not working for them. And despite, you know, working very hard at, um, at many jobs and climbing the ladders, it's still, uh, you know, the, the prospects for retirement, uh, even even the ability to afford a home today is, is just, it, it, it's, it's outside of the reach of so many very hardworking Americans. The system is not serving them. Uh, this, the system stratifies wealth uh, through asset inflation and uh, in disproportionate access to, to assets. Hello and welcome to the Tucson Blockchain Podcast. And today I have on Ali Hammam from the Tahini's restaurant chain in Ontario, Canada. Ali decided with his partners to convert a large portion of the company's reserve cash into Bitcoin. And we have a conversation about why he chose to do this, uh, about money around the world, hyperinflation, Egypt, and what it's like to be a business owner. This is an awesome interview and I really enjoyed it. I hope you do too. All righty, and we're recording. Welcome Ali to the Tucson Blockchain Podcast. Thank you, Alex. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here. Yeah. So you're tuning in from uh, London, Ontario, which is pretty close to the U.S. border, just right above Ohio. Um, So yeah, uh, you're the owner um, and you run the Tahini restaurant uh, chain? Yep. So, so what is it exactly that um, you do for them? So uh, we run a, a franchise business, a restaurant franchise business uh, here in London, Ontario. Um, we make Middle Eastern and Mediterranean cuisine. Uh, we started with one restaurant, grew it into two, three, four, and then we uh, switched it to a franchise model. And now we have uh, four franchisees lined up uh, for the coming year. Uh, one is about to open actually uh, this week, so it's pretty exciting. And um, and yeah, we make the best shawarmas, falafels, kebabs you can think of. And um, recently we've made an announcement that we've uh, switched to a Bitcoin standard. Um, and working out pretty good for us and uh, we're excited to share that with people and share the benefits of doing a move like that uh, for medium businesses and small businesses and uh, yeah man super pumped about it yeah it's the new trend that i don't think very many people saw coming Um, i think people were focused more on like hedge funds and and banks getting into it and not as much on a a smaller medium-sized businesses um so yeah, uh, why, what um, 
or do you does your business accept bitcoin or do you just store your extra cash in it yeah so we don't view uh bitcoin as a payments technology uh we think there's a lot better uh solutions for for payments that are uh cheaper and more efficient and um Fiat is just more efficient to use uh, as payments uh, method because uh, it's not as volatile as Bitcoin is. So um, us going on a Bitcoin standard doesn't mean we uh, accept or pay any of our employees in, in Bitcoin. Uh, it means that <clears throat> we will continue to operate in Fiat uh, in wherever country we, we are open in. And we'll have a, a safe net of working capital uh, for say six months and then whatever uh, extra cash that we have on top of that, that is considered our treasury. And we basically take that and convert it into Bitcoin. Awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, we really think it's a savings technology more than anything. Like it's not meant to be at least from my opinion, some people might disagree with that, but uh, it's not, I don't think it's main use case is for it to be used that way. I think it's way better at using it as a store of wealth than it is uh, payment method. So Sure. Yeah, especially now as uh, the price is so volatile and it's really has a small market cap. Um, so yeah, how did you get to uh, Canada? I know you've lived around a little bit. Yeah, so um, I grew up in um, between Egypt and Saudi Arabia. Uh, my father uh, worked in Saudi Arabia as a uh, math professor, and uh, but we're like Egyptian origins, so uh, we kind of lived between both countries and uh, mostly in Egypt though. Um, my father would come like in his holidays and, and spend the summers with us and then go back um, to work in Saudi. <clears throat> and I uh, basically grew up there. I um, went to university there and I graduated in uh, 2010. And then 2011 hit and the Arab Spring happened. And we had the biggest revolution in Egyptian history uh, in January of 2011. And <clears throat> we got to witness that. Um, me and my brother uh, were part of that revolution. From day one, we um, went out on the streets. Uh, we marched with the protesters. Uh, we faced riot police. We got hit with tear gas. and and squads of riot police like surrounded us and, and um, <clears throat> tried to like separate the protesters and stuff like that. And uh, eventually the, uh, the people, the will of the people was stronger and uh, we overthrew President Mubarak uh, at the time. And after the revolution, we uh, pretty much decided that uh, we wanted to start our careers uh, in Canada. Uh, so we're, we're all originally like Canadian citizens. Uh, we've all had dual, dual citizenship um, our whole lives because my father got his like, PhD from uh, Canada. So my father was the original immigrant 
to Canada. And then, uh, yeah, we figured, you know, the um, Egypt's not going to be the same after this. We'd, uh, it'll be better if we start our careers in Canada. And that's what we did. So we hopped on a plane and we got here. Um, we all came except my father. Uh, my father and my parents, both of them, they, they wanted to retire. And then um, when they wanted to move uh, their wealth from Egypt to Canada, uh, they were faced with some with the capital controls and they couldn't move uh, their money from the banks over there, which uh, was very unfortunate. And it forced my father to work an extra six years uh, in Saudi Arabia to fund their, their retirement home here in Canada. And um, yeah, that was a first uh, experience to us of capital controls and what it can do to a family. Um, my father basically worked for five years uh, from 2012 to 2017. 2017, it became a little bit, little bit easier to move capital around. But during those five years, we all witnessed the Egyptian pound drop 65% against the US dollar. And luckily my parents had uh, their wealth between real estate and fiat, but they still saw their, their fiat savings get devalued at that rate within the span of, of five years. Uh, and that's a whole life's work, man. Like that's devastating, like a devastating blow for, for anyone. And then, um, yeah, so to me, that kind of is a, is a backstory and a framework to understand the value that Bitcoin provides, both from the inflation side of it and the ability to move, to move your money wherever you want. And that's why uh, Bitcoin, I think, provides a ton of value to uh, communities wherever you are, uh, especially immigrant communities. Um, they were not the first people that went through this. Uh, I'm sure there's like about hundreds of thousands of people that, that went through the same thing. So um, yeah, we, that's why we decided to, uh, one of the reasons why we went on a Bitcoin standard and uh, that's why we're trying to be uh, public about it and try to show people the value that it can bring to their lives, their families, their businesses. And um, yeah, hopefully people can, uh, can listen. Yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty compelling story. Uh, in the United States, I think people have a lack of understanding of what money is and how fragile the financial system is and do not have the perspective that you and your family have of uh, what it's like to be told by a bank that, you know, you don't really have control over your money and you can't withdraw it. Um, and, and Bitcoin definitely offers a very unique uh, way to go about things because you can self custody it and you can take a hardware wallet or your iPhone and move your wealth across borders very easily. 
um, whether it's just sending it to someone or carrying it with you, whereas you can't do that with uh, government currencies, which are really uh, limited by borders. Um, what, uh, we'll talk a little bit about, you know, capital controls and hyperinflation in a little bit, but what, what have been some of the most difficult parts about being an immigrant moving from Egypt to uh, Canada? So honestly, that was easy, man. Um, Canada is a great country. The, the Canadians here are amazing, um, super nice, super friendly. Uh, all the communities here, we uh, we feel that they they value a person by by what he's contributing to the community, and it doesn't really matter where you're from who you are, what's your name, whatever. Uh, so we, we share the same feeling and we try to uh, bring value to our community uh, the best we can. And uh, the way we decided to do that is through food, right? Uh, we try to you know, feed people good food and, and the support that we got from the London community here in, in Ontario has been amazing. Uh, we love this community uh, more than they, they know. And um, it was an easy transition, man. Um, we love Canada. You know, we, uh, I think of myself more of a Canadian than I am a Egyptian uh, by a big degree. So uh, that tells a lot about um, what our experience has, has been. That's awesome. Yeah. It, I know Canada definitely has different uh, sentiments on uh, immigration than some places in the U S where it's just, my brother works uh, with immigrants and refugees and uh, the policies that they have to work with just to live here legally are just absurd sometimes. Um, so yeah. Um, so what were the capital controls like and, and how did that impact your family in Egypt? So, um, yeah, it's basically the, your money is you, you, when you want to move big sums of money and I'm not meaning, uh, $500 or a couple thousand dollars, uh, any meaningful side amount of money, you have to go through your bank and then, Here, it's not a big of an issue uh, in like Western countries, Europe and, and so on. But when you go to countries in, in the Middle East or Africa or Asia, like, uh, or even South America, and you go through the banks, you're faced with the realization that the banks have full control of your money. And it's not your money to move wherever you want. And that's something that I think a lot of people here take for granted. Um, and yeah, the, the banks basically just said, no, nope, we can't do it. You can only move uh, like a thousand dollars a month, something like that, something like ridiculous. And uh, yeah, man, like it's just, just a big no uh, to move your money. And uh, 
I think the ability to move uh, your wealth wherever you want is a human right that everybody in the world should have. And Bitcoin provides that and gives you that freedom to, to move your money wherever you want. Yeah. Um, the way that the banking system is set up is it's essentially a monopoly that we don't really have the, and it's growing ever increasingly more as, as cash is becoming less of a part of our society, but you don't have the ability to um, self custody. You know, if I'm to send you money, I would have to use a payment service from bank account to bank account where as uh, Bitcoin is a service that allows you to send money um, via, you know, peer to peer transactions. I can send it to your wallet um, from my wallet without any sort of pay payment processor. And that's really, really special and unique and is shifting things up. Like you have control of your wealth and property. Uh, whereas, you know, we didn't have that option before. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that would make sense to me why cash would lose its appeal to you. Uh, as well as what the central banks are doing with printing kind of universally across the world. Yeah. Like I don't think um, what's what happened in, in uh, the Middle East, Middle Eastern countries or South American countries or, uh, or any other country for that matter is going to happen in the States or Canada. Um, they're not the same country. Um, you know, that's not what we think. But what we're seeing is this, like having the same monetary system will eventually lead to that road, right? Hyperinflation and strict capital controls. And as, as a person that, that saw that with my own eyes, it's, it's something that is, uh, that can tear a family apart. And Bitcoin is beautiful because it protects you from both hyperinflation and capital controls. So it does both of these things and, and a lot more, to be honest. Um, so yeah, like we just hope nobody goes through that and we see right now as an opportunity to um, step up as as a medium uh, business, medium sized business, and tell um, other businesses that you know right now is a great opportunity to front run the coming wave of corporate buying of Bitcoin because it's going to happen whether you like it or not. Right? We've all seen it. We've seen MicroStrategy. Uh, you know, buy $425 million of Bitcoin. We've seen Square, uh, Paul Tudor Jones, uh, other hedge funds, like they're all coming, right? And the, the beauty is that now you can act quickly and, and move and have that same playing field as all of these big corporations do. And you simply just got to do one thing. You buy and hold Bitcoin. So um, that's a huge benefit that, uh, and a huge advantage that people, normal folks 
never had before, right? Um, like just as an example, like you, you couldn't you couldn't invest in in Uber, for example, when uh, when it was an up and coming company, right? You had to have uh, institutional grade uh, investing license and 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 you have to be connected and, and you have to meet the right people in the right time. And, and Bitcoin just levels the playing field for everyone. Everyone can participate. Everyone can be a part of this and nobody controls Bitcoin. Yeah, there's definitely uh, in the current monetary system, there's definitely different sets of rules for different people. When you're closer to the money printer or the regulator, or the legislator, you have advantages to the compared to the normal person. Um, and yeah, I mean, to not have your wealth uh, completely confiscated from you through inflation is huge uh, for the normal person to be able to just like put it in something that's verifiably scarce and that you can audit and know that you actually own. Um, unlike putting money in the bank, it's because when something bad happens, it might not be there. Um, so yeah, what, what are some things that, that got you really excited about Bitcoin when you first got into it, other than uh, what we talked about already? So we, when we came out uh, with our announcement, um, we view Bitcoin as a, free true savings technology that stores wealth across time and space. And what we mean by that is that, first of all, it's free in, in, in the meaning that it, nobody controls it. And like, you don't, you don't pay a subscription to, to own Bitcoin or anything like that. Um, and you're, it's voluntary, right? Like you, have it's out of your own free will to buy or sell Bitcoin and nobody controls that. Right. And it's true in the sense that the whole world can verify that I own my Bitcoin and my Bitcoin hasn't moved around. Right. And it's also true in that I can verify the entire Bitcoin network and its claims and its promises with a satellite dish sitting in the Sahara Desert somewhere, right? So it's true in that sense. And it's a savings technology in the meaning that like the idea of savings, if you think about it, Alex, it's engraved in us since we start earning our first dollars or first whatever, right? By a piggy bank. You know, you take what you make, you put it in the piggy bank and you store it for later and you expect it to come out the same. But the problem we have is the piggy banks of the world don't operate like that, okay? The piggy banks of the world where we all put our money in they have holes in the back, okay? And they reach in, they take your money, and they lend it out to A, B, C, D, 
and whoever. And that's what's known as fractional reserve banking. Okay. And by doing that, they, you're essentially give them power to print more money. And let me elaborate on that. So when you go take uh, a mortgage for a house, right? You take a million dollar loan to buy a house and then you pay it within 30 years, you're probably paying around 1.3 to 1.4 million within, 30, within a 30 year period, right? You just allowed that bank to print that extra 300, 400,000 within a span of, of 30 years, right? And that's adding to the total money supply, right? And at a scale of trillions, all banks around the world are doing this. And, and that's, you know, we run on a debt economy. That's just how it works. So just by participating in the debt economy, you're allowing the money supply to go up and uh, which ends like leads to devaluing the value of devaluing your money that's in the bank. Okay. Not to add the central bank printing that's, that's thrown on there as well. Okay. So basically your money is being messed with left, right, and center. And then, and it's, it's not even under your full control, right? So Bitcoin is a savings technology because it, it's encrypted and it doesn't allow anyone to mess with your money. It brings back the original idea of the piggy bank, right? The, 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 the essence of the, the, the piggy bank is really brought by Bitcoin, right? Whereas if you put $100,000 today, you expect the value of it to stay the same. Not the, not the amount, the value of that money to stay the same, you know, in like 10 or 15, 20 years. Okay. If not increase. So it's a savings technology in that sense. And then it stores wealth across time because it's fixed. Right. And when you think about that, like you're, you know, if you have a fixed base money, right. And the whole world like becomes more productive, right? You, uh, you're more productive out with your work. I'm more productive. You know, I, we open a ton of more tahini restaurants and, and, global trade is just increasing, just people are producing more, right? If you have a, have a fixed base money supply, right? That money supply is basically the value of the future productivity of the planet discounted back to the present. Does that make sense? Right? Yeah. So, so it's beautiful in that way because it's fixed. We've never had any type of money that's, that has absolute scarcity. That's what Bitcoin brings, right? That, that absolute scarcity, even with gold, you might think gold is like limited. No, it's not. They're printing it at a 2%, like supply of gold is increasing at 2% rate every year, right? So yes, it's scarce, but it's not 
100% fixed. And no matter, no matter what you do, you can't produce more Bitcoin, no matter how many billions of dollars you put into it. Okay, so it stores money across time. Then also, Bitcoin goes through this, these halving functions, right, which happens every uh, four years, where the incoming supply of Bitcoin gets cut in half. Okay, and what that leads to is, is it leads to an exponential decay in the money supply of Bitcoin, an exponential decay. A lot of people like underestimate exponential calculations, right? So to sum it up, basically it, it means that it increases your purchasing power, right? So not only does, you, does it store your value, but it also increases your value because it increases the purchasing power through that having function, right? So that's why it stores wealth across time. And then across space, because you, can ha you have full control to do whatever you want with, with your money, with your wealth. You can move it wherever you want without any capital controls or without anything. You're just like, you don't have to go through what, what I've seen, right? Nobody should go through that people's like entire wealth are going are, are just evaporating right now all over the world and and people are turning a blind eye to it right look at lebanon right now look what's happening there right they're going through hyperinflation i i have uh lebanese uh employees here and and they can't move their money out of lebanon and their their currency's going to shit right so it stores your money across space and and all of these uh characteristics is is why we think bitcoin is more than just an investment it's a savings technology and that's way more valuable uh than just an investment and we hope that people see that and, and we hope to try help people see that. And we're, we're trying with our, with our Twitter and, and we love when, you know, when people invite us over to speak in podcasts and, and wherever, because we really think the value that this is going to bring humanity is huge, but people have to have to do their homework, right? They have to uh, educate themselves, learn, adapt to the technology, right? This, we're living in the digital age. Alex, right? If people don't want to adapt, they're just going to be left behind, right? And what we're, what we're being faced with right now is, is literally a flood of money and liquidity by central banks. And people might think this, this flood of money is nice and, and, oh, I'm getting money, free money, but eventually they're going to drown in it, right? And because Bitcoin has all these characteristics, it serves as the best arc to float on top of this liquidity. Yeah, that's an awesome explanation. There's so much to unpack in there. Um, what we're seeing uh, across the world right now in the country is restaurants specifically getting hit really hard, especially smaller restaurants. 
um, due to the shutdowns and um, and lack of you know support around that and not having the cash reserves um, that are necessary because of our inflationary money system. Um, and I think Bitcoin ha- uh, really stands to benefit those people. And it's uh, what I love about um, how active you are on Twitter um, with the Tahini's restaurant account is, is how I found you because I thought that was just like such a compelling uh, story. And yeah, it, it, it's pretty wild to think that um, right now some of the people that have the advantage are the people that see are able to see how fragile everything is. And like you're talking about adaptability is huge in a time like this, things are changing. The relationship between uh, people and government is changing. The relationship between um, you know, us and, and the media is changing. Um, information flows are changing uh, and being unwilling to adapt is really dangerous um, because if you're unwilling to adapt, um, in a situation of crisis, um, like if there's a tsunami coming and you're unwilling to leave your house, like bad things are going to happen. And essentially like what's happened with our monetary system and has been happening is there's a tsunami coming for us and we have to get out somehow. Um, so yeah, so say there's a business owner that wants to get into, uh, Bitcoin and, and, and finds what you're saying pretty interesting. Where would you suggest for them to start? So first I would suggest that, you know, they, they learn about Bitcoin uh, and buy it for themselves um, with their personal money. Uh, just there's so much content out there by the Bitcoin community now that it makes it a lot easier to to learn this stuff like we're look at we're a class of 2020 we're new to this space right we came into bitcoin uh me personally in march and and so um, we're fresh right so i really recommend i really uh think that people should first learn and I would recommend three books if you want to get started. Uh, first book is The Bitcoin Standard by <laughs> Safety Moose. And you need to read that to learn about money. But what is money, right? And then the second book is um, The Internet of Money by Andreas Antonopoulos. And you need to read that to learn about the technology behind Bitcoin. And then the third book we recommend is The Price of Tomorrow by Jeff Booth. Mm. And you need to read that to learn where the future is headed. And when you have, when you read these three books, they kind of uh, come at it from different angles and they give like an enlightenment moment, like a aha moment and everything clicks. Uh, and then you're, trust me, if you, <laughs> If people listening read these three books and stop there, I don't, I don't think they, they will. Um, there's so much content out there. Uh, Breedlo- Robert Breedlove does amazing articles uh, on Bitcoin. Uh, 
BJ Boypotty, uh, Lynn Alden, you name it. There's, there's just Parker Lewis. Uh, you just have to do the research and, and uh, read and learn. And then do it yourself. And then when you're, the more confidence you have uh, in what you've learned, you'll be able to make the decision of moving your company's reserves into Bitcoin and you'll sleep at night better knowing that you did. So that's, that's just my advice to, to business owners. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, all, all of those books that you, uh, mentioned were pretty, uh, uh, pretty good foundations to build off of the, I, I like how you said the Bitcoin standard is a lot more about money, um, than it is specifically about Bitcoin. He safe. It, it is, doesn't. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah, one of my percent of it just talks about money. It doesn't talk about Bitcoin really. Yeah. Right. So, um, and I, I didn't know what money was before I read that book. So, uh, and a lot of people don't, and it doesn't matter how smart you are or what's your profession. You, uh, you need to have an open mind about this because the idea that we've learned about money, our whole lives was wrong. And I know it sounds radical and crazy, but it's, this is, it's true. <laughs> and you need to at least have the curiosity to, to verify whether that's true or not, because it's important for your health and for your family's health and for your well-being. So just do it. Absolutely. I mean, money touches every aspect of our lives um, and has major influences. And it, it's not taught. We're not taught what money is. You know, it's, it's, uh, I had Guy Swan on the podcast and he explained uh, money to most people is kind of like uh, water to fish. You know, you don't really ever think about it. You just think about what it does for you. Oh, I can buy um, um, some good food at Tahini's with it. Um, or whatever yeah. um but uh yeah mo most people don't understand the implications of what happens when a government prints trillions of dollars or uh a, like you were talking about earlier a bank um expands the money supply through issuance of credit um and what that does to you know people's daily life uh one of the things that I found really compelling in Saifedean's book was the idea of uh, money impacting all aspects of life, like mental health, um, uh, issues with drug abuse, uh, and, and stuff like that. And he talked about inflationary money being a causation of a lot of those things because of time preference. Um, and one of the things that you mentioned earlier is Bitcoin changes your time preference. It's it's looking into the future, looking, um, preserving your wealth over decades rather than just days or weeks. Um, how has Bitcoin changed your time preference? That's a great question, Alex. And uh, so for, for me personally, um, Bitcoin has, you know, put, added more purpose to my life and my career. Uh, by giving value to the work that I do, right? 
when, and most people go through this right now with um, the, the current, you know, money system is that because your money is inflated away, but you're not seeing it doesn't, doesn't mean you don't know it. Right. So for example, if I, if I give you a thousand dollars and I tell you, that's all what you're going to have for, you know, forever. And every month or, or every day I come and steal a penny from your pocket. Right. Over time, you're just going to start feeling depressed, right? Because you're being stolen from, but you know, your, your, your pocket doesn't have a hole in it or anything, right? Like, but you're still being stolen from. So what people compensate with is that, okay, you know what? It's getting devalued anyway, so I might as well just spend it, right? So that's just a basic idea of why I think uh, more people spend, love to spend more money is because uh, that, you know, that insidious way that inflation works is that it, it steals your, the money that you earn. And like, you have right now, Bitcoin is that option out of that system, right? And it perfectly stores your wealth. And it makes you think about the future because it does that because it stores your wealth across time. So you, you like me, I am more upbeat and I come to work tap, tap, tap dancing every day because I know the value that I'm going to create today is going to store across time and space. And I don't care about buying, you know, whoever else is buying or buying, you know, the Ferraris and the Lamborghinis or I don't care about any of that. Okay. Because, you know, I just buy the stuff that I need and I, and I want for myself. I'm not influenced by any other outside forces that, you know, that tell me what I think and should do because, you know, this is my hard earned money and this is money that's going to, you know, increase over time. And I don't want to just spend my money on, on things that don't add meaning to my life. So it added a lot of just, you know, Zen and calmness and uh, peace to my life. And I, I think it does the same to a lot of people. I've heard so many people uh, talk about that. It made me like healthier and, and work out more and, and care about my long-term health. So yeah, man, like Bitcoin just, changes you in every way yeah absolutely um it it gives a time preference is a huge thing and and giving us a different perspective on uh the world and and committing to the long-term future being willing to build things uh rather just than consume things and i've noticed for myself i I don't really play video games anymore um and i don't binge watch shows as much uh because of it, it, it's nice to have a meaning, a sense of meaning and purpose when you know um, that you're not constantly getting screwed. I think that can be kind of a depressing thing to have in your back, in the back of your head. Um, and 
instead to see, you know, hope for the future is especially in a time that's as chaotic and crazy as right now. Um, that's such an important thing to have is that hope and purpose. Um, so, yeah. Is there, do you guys have any plans to expand into the U S or outside of Canada right now? So, um, yeah, we'd love to, man. Like, uh, uh, we're, we're open for franchising right now. Uh, we have four franchisees set up in, um, set up for the next year, like I said, in Ontario here. And we hope that after the fifth or the sixth, we expand outside of Ontario, whether it's to the United States or to um, other provinces in Canada. Uh, we think that we've built a, you know, a successful business model um, and a profitable business model to anybody that wants to own a business. And yeah, we spent years developing this thing. Um, we hashed out all the little details. Um, we have everything down to a process and uh, it just works. It works like clockwork and we maximize the profits as much as we can. And at the end of the day, we just make amazing food, right? Um, so people love that. Uh, so we'll, we'll try to expand everywhere. And um, I actually think Bitcoin is going to also help us in that process because um, who knows, like, you know, we, I, I think personally that we'll be able to build and, and um, like construct a whole restaurant from scratch with just one Bitcoin in the future, right? Or yeah. less. <laughs> so, so yeah, we're excited about the future and um, hopefully we can bring a lot of value to a lot of people. Yeah. I know you mentioned uh, in one of your other podcasts you were on that uh, you kind of brought your partners down the Bitcoin rabbit hole with you. Have your employees also uh, found interest in Bitcoin and started uh, benefiting from it? Yeah, I, uh, I, I, don't, I don't talk uh, to them about it a lot. I mean, if they ask me, uh, then I will, but it's not interesting to them at this uh, point. They see our social medias, they see what we talk about and what we're doing, but um, you know, if, if, if you're not gonna have an interest in coming and asking us about this, um, you know, like we're, we're public about everything that we say, but um, yeah, like you, you have to have that curiosity, right? But our employees, not, not, no, not one of them came and kind of asked about it and told us that he was in it too, uh, which was kind of exciting. But other than, other than that one employee, no one else, um, no one else did it. Our community, on the other hand, they, uh, um, they asked us a lot about it. Um, they think we're crazy. Right? They think we're uh, reckless, uh, incompetent, all of the, all of the things, you know, like, um, you can think of. And we, we try to help with our social media to try to 
educate people on Bitcoin because mm-hmm. uh, like that's that's one of my goals on on Twitter is uh, having people go down a rabbit hole and try to understand things for themselves and then come ask us why did you guys do this transition right um, we can easily just ignore them and and you know hold our Bitcoin and, and just sit back and relax, right? But we believe the value uh, that it brings to communities are huge, right? And especially for example, like um, the Muslim community around the world, um, I'm part of the Muslim community here here in Canada. And I I think they're like one of the you know, like most educated and hardworking people that I've ever met. Uh, they're, they're all, my, all my friends are like doctors and lawyers and dentists and, and they're very educated people. But I, I don't think they understand money all that well. And it's okay, I didn't understand it either. But now that I do, I have this obligation that I want to tell people about it, right? And I don't know if you uh, knew this about the Muslim community, Alex, but we have, like, it's against our uh, religious teachings to use interest Mm -hmm. at all. And that's one of the core, like, principles. So what we, what the reality that we're living in is that we live in a debt economy and interest is everywhere, right? So you also, you add on top of that, the situation that we're in where, like you said, inflation is sneaking up on people and they think it's the 2% that, you know, news, articles and and everybody on CNBC talks about but it's a lot it's not the two percent it's not the CPI the inflation is actually running at a 10 to 20 percent rate every year because you're not putting in in that CPI basket that the like real estate uh, treasury stocks uh, healthcare education all of that if you have a basket of just these things you're gonna see what you know, what the inflation rate is, right? So if the inflation rate, that's, that's the CPI is, is manipulated because the variables in the CPI are changing. So what's that mean? Inflation is at a 10 to 20%. It means that your retirement is running away from you at a rate of 10 to 20% per year, which means that in order to keep up, you have to earn an extra 10 to 20% every year for the rest of your life just to keep up. That's not going to happen. That doesn't happen to anyone, right? And that's the situation that we're in, okay? So uh, people, for, people in the Muslim community, and I, I don't want to just, you know, just hold it just to people in the Muslim community. Everybody's faced with this problem, really, right? But the, the options are very few, right? One is 
stick with your principles. Don't, you know, um, don't get any debt. Don't get into the debt economy at all. Work and save your money in cash. And then end up not having enough money to retire because, you know, you're, you're getting poorer every year, right? So that's that option. That's, that's not a good option, right? Option number two is embrace the debt economy with everything load up on a ton of debt and then spend the rest of your life paying off these debts and then not having enough to retire at the end. Right? So that's not a good option. And option number three is become a stock market wizard and, and figure out all like buy all the apples and Amazons and Netflixes right when they started and try to get it all right. And maybe it'll catch on. Good luck with that. That's, that's not going to happen. Right. And that's not even an option for most people in the world. Right. That's not an option for people living in, in, you know, like Africa or, or the Middle East or Asia or, you know, it's just not. So, so all the options are bad. Right. And Bitcoin is the solution that will like go, go on a Bitcoin standard because you will, will have that arc that we talked about that will save you and your family. Right. And it will float on top of the, whatever the inflation rate is. Right. If you take what you earn and save it in Bitcoin, your money, your value of your money is going to be safe because it floats on top. Right. So every year, 10, 20% inflation rate, Bitcoin is just going to stay ahead of that. Okay. So, you know, I think, I think people can, can resonate with that. And, and also the fact that, you know, you, you get to have control of your, of your money. It's, uh, it's something truly amazing. And it, you know, it will save a lot of people's lives. They only have to learn and understand it. And yeah, hopefully, hopefully they listen to this and they share it with friends and, and family and, uh, you know, the word gets around. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that you know, one of the things that I was thinking uh, when you were talking earlier about um, uh, your community uh, versus your perspective is entrepreneurs have a very different perspective on uh, money and the world in general. Um, a lot of people want to just go get a job and, and, and do what's secure, but entrepreneurs... Um, are problem solvers that you look at issues and try and fix them. Um, and so you're kind of prone if you're that type of thinker to be on um, the cutting edge as far as uh, whatever the solutions are. Um, and there, that's probably a bit of why there's a disconnect between what's happening um, or what your community thinks about what you're doing and, and your opinion on it. Um, as far as the, the Muslim community, when you talk about um, being forbidden to have interest, is that just uh, specifically with uh, lending or is that earning interest too? 
So it's, it's for both. Um, and what people actually, most people end up doing is that they actually forget about this principle and they embrace, embrace the debt economy anyways. And because there's, there's no other way. If you don't do that, you're just going to be poor for the rest mm -hmm. of your life, right? So you, you give away your principles just to give your, your family a good lifestyle, right? And, and, you know, the beauty about Bitcoin and the benefit that I think it brings to the Muslim community is that you don't have to, you know, forego your principles and you'll have, you'll, you'll be able to give your, your family the lifestyle that you made for them. Right. And the one that they deserve. So it, it really solves more than one problem for the Muslim community. And, um, yeah, hopefully they, hopefully they can see that as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, that's definitely a very compelling, compelling message. I mean, I think what inevitably happens in the fiat monetary system um, is that we're forced to operate in a way that our, our values are compromised to an extent because um, uh, just the way that it's set up where it's kind of like a, a, a rule, well, uh, certain people have certain rules that benefit them against others. And it, it really is. Um, I, I think there's a huge um, rise and a compelling message coming from people that are a little bit more socialistic uh, because it's one of the few places that's really like addressing that issue and trying to solve the inequality. Now um, I think we both uh, might see some issues with some of that, um, but uh and, and see Bitcoin as more of a solution. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it's amazing to be able to have that, that type of money that allows us to really, like you said, experience freedom to be who we are and live within our value system rather than being beholden to all these people that have no concern for our communities um, and, and just us in general. Well, yeah. Um, where, oh, sorry. Yeah. Where, where can people find uh, you on social media and stuff? Yeah, so um, people can follow us on uh, Twitter at the Real Tahinis. Uh, we're also on all the social media platforms uh, by just Tahinis Restaurants, uh, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, sorry, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. You name it. Uh, we're on, we're everywhere. Um, and if people want to reach out to us, uh, I'd say Twitter is probably one of the best platforms. If you're, um, thinking about, you know, uh, talking about Bitcoin or, uh, potentially opening up a franchisee with us and, uh, and, uh, yeah, you can reach us there. And, um, and I want to thank everybody for their support, honestly, like, uh, the Bitcoin community, uh, you guys have been awesome the whole way, like the whole way, like we didn't expect this at all. And uh, we definitely, I definitely appreciate that. Um, hopefully we can have that same attitude to everybody that comes in, in the future. Um, 
because it, it meant a lot for us, right? Um, they can be a little defensive from the outside before, you know, you engage with them. Uh, you know how it is, right? Like they seem a little crazy uh, at first, but once you get to know them and like, uh, they're one of the like most educated and smartest communities that I've seen. So um, thank you to, to everyone. And um, thank you, Alex. Yeah, and hopefully somebody listening uh, wants to open up a franchise here in Tucson because uh, and I, I just I just went on your guys's YouTube page and you have some uh, videos of the food and it looks so unbelievably good. Um, Thank you. But yeah, if I'm ever up in uh, Canada and Ontario, I'll make sure to stop by one of the restaurants. Absolutely, hundred percent, man, and it'll be on me, of course, and. Uh, uh, I'll be happy to, to sit down with you and break bread. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks for stopping by. My pleasure. That was a really fun interview, and I wasn't really kidding. Their food looks absolutely amazing, and I made my mouth water a bit, and I wish that I could go eat at the restaurant. Um, and if I ever make it up to Ontario, Canada, I know that will be one of the first places that I go. Um, but yeah, it was fun. And he had a really good perspective on what it's like to be a business owner and uh, and had a really cool perspective on Bitcoin. Uh, and I look forward to seeing what he does in the future with his business because I think they're going to be really successful. But yeah, um, I hope you enjoyed the podcast, and if you want to support the channel, you can support me on Patreon or donate Bitcoin to me. Um, and yeah, uh, best thing to do though is to leave a review, like, comment, subscribe, etc. Uh, yeah, have a good one.